0: You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast.
1: Assalamu Alaikum. Thank you for tuning in to Sukina Society. I'm your host Abdul Wadud and today we are discussing creative Muslims and the arts. So, we are told in a Sahih Hadith that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Allah is beautiful and loves beauty. Historically, we as Muslims have taken this call for spreading beauty And have been amongst the pioneers in the creative arts. From Andalusia to Indonesia, Muslims have left an an artistic impression in many lands, in many forms. But have we lost focus from this Islamic view of beauty? Are there barriers about the arts and what it means to be an artist? So to discuss this, we have with us Zubair Alvi, Sophie Fabian, Faisal Muhammad, and Raisa Ahmed. So, I'm just going to open it up and just try to hear a little bit about what everybody does in the room, so it's quite a creative uh, atmosphere already, you know, feeling it. So, I'll start with where, where you take on a modern graphic approach to classical Islamic art. I I've do, read, yes. I, I read your website, you know, you can tell. <laughs> right. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to this form of art?
2: Okay, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Um, I've been interested in art for a long time. In fact, I was very good at art at school. And so that kind of I carried on even after school. And it was a first a hobby. Um and then it's actually turned into quite a nice business now because um people do appreciate art, I think. But we just don't have as many avenues as maybe we'd have would have liked in a community. So um we express ourselves in different ways and I I noticed that hadith Allah is beautiful and loves beauty. I mean, that kind of goes across the board in everything that we do. Yeah whether it's uh, the way that you present yourselves, whether the way you look at things. And the fact that you mentioned uh, Andalusia as well in the introduction. I mean, you've been to Andalusia. Yes, I have, yeah. And, uh, just if, back, if, missing if it, it. Is it really? You just came uh, yeah. back? <laughs> well, if you haven't been, then I suggest you go, because what it does opens your eyes to just this world of Islam that we are kind of, I think, maybe shielded from in the yeah. UK a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so my, my hobby, uh, my own interest, kind of started from that idea that you know, growing up, we were so everything was so limited, right, in terms of your outlook and what Islam could be. Mm. And then, as you grow and you go to university and you grow older, and you think, you know, there's a whole world out there that we yeah. just haven't discovered. And so, I've chosen um, the actual writing of calligraphy and painting and that kind of thing. Um, and I and I find that I find it just helps me focus, brings me peace, and that's the kind of thing. Oh, fantastic! Uh, so yeah. you've
1: got a personal motivation. Oh, uh,
2: definitely, to... man, definitely. Fantastic,
1: fantastic. Sophie, so uh, you found a way to integrate fashion and faith, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, in line with Sabelle almost saying that, you know, you learn a little bit more, you you become a little bit more open-minded, I guess, is the kind of message. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Sophie, how did you come to your, uh, you know, your art, which is fashion?
0: Well, I wasn't Muslim when I was at college, so the idea... Oh yeah, I wasn't Muslim when I was at college, um, so I was just doing. As a, am I still not speaking? Sorry, yeah.
2: Just to you speaking to the mic? Sorry, because it's coming up quite. If you if you maybe turn it like this in it, yeah. so that yeah. it's uh, pointed towards you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not. I don't
0: like, know like I'm been break it, Oh no, yeah. it's this. Okay. Hmm. Am I okay now? Okay. Is that better?
1: Yeah, yeah perfect.
0: Okay, um, so after I graduated from college, I reverted to Islam. It was quite a a journey, quite a long process for me so um, I'd always wanted to do fashion and then when I became Muslim after a while I thought um, I started to become interested in modest fashion and um, I was fascinated because obviously that can be interpreted in many different ways and it's different from culture to culture so it was was all very new to me and um, I'm still sort of on that journey now um, learning more about what that means and um, yeah but I don't um, I don't see it as limiting. I think yeah. the limits are good creatively and um, I enjoy it and it's good.
1: Fantastic. So it's almost like, you know, discovery, I guess. To yeah, a certain definitely.
0: Extent as well. Yeah, it's a, yeah creative discovery.
1: Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Um, Faisal, so you yourself have a clothing line and uh, do you feel like you're able to express your personal beliefs, you know, uh, through, through that medium?
3: Uh, I feel I'm trying my best to do that. Um, well, when I was actually studying fashion design, I did it as an interest and in my love for crafts and art. But um, I discovered, as I was studying fashion more and more, I discovered it's like a really corrupted world, actually. And it's very exploitive world as well. Mm. And I was kind of questioning if it's the kind of world I would like to be in, because it's like all basically... Um, fashion and clothing is mostly like obsessed with making money nowadays and so I was wanting to see if I could like have a different take on that and like that's where like all my sort of beliefs came into place so I was like trying to um, get inspiration and like trying to reduce all the waste which goes on landfills and stuff so I'm like using repurposed fabrics, any fabrics which are waste and then, trying to use that instead of like buying new fabrics and like new things so I like trying to um make new stuff with like stuff which is like already sort of going to waste and like giving them new life fantastic
1: and, yeah. that's that's amazing. I mean, you've got some very like almost prophetic kind of uh, underlying tones in that you know we're we're encouraged to be sustainable in Islam as well yeah. uh, subhanallah so that's really beautiful. and I guess you're. You're going into the arts almost as a you know as as to, to make a change almost mm-hmm. you know like there's there's status quo with with within the fashion uh, industry and you're trying to be a, a change so there's there's almost a different motivation we're getting a feel for the kind of motivation that yeah
3: and also the thing is because like actually there's a big interest and like people are very want to know where this stuff is coming from because yeah. like uh,
1: fantastic, so it's almost it's con- uh, consumer like, conscious. Yeah, you know, so are becoming consumer. more aware of
3: like all the products and stuff, because they're becoming more aware aware of all the bad stuff which is going on in the world, and yeah, so it's kind of changing people's attitude towards art in a way as well, which is kind of like quite quite motivating at the moment, so because um, there's like a big change coming up. Yeah, yeah, inshallah
1: like that's fantastic mm. So Raisa, you're a filmmaker, um and filmmaking is uh, I guess uh, you know within the kind of community it's probably seen as just cinema that's that's what we see as uh, filmmaking is just what we what we see in in the audience or the key or uh, you know uh, but what 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 is filmmaking what actually what what is your interpretation of what filmmaking is all about and what have you found to be challenging in terms of becoming a filmmaker
4: well the dream is to be in the Odeon or Cineworld or you know big cinemas like that but there's a journey and I think you find that in every art form that you're working towards getting to that that place where the world is seeing your work and your art Um, for me filmmaking essentially came down to storytelling and I've always been very curious I've always wanted to know everyone's story I've always read an insane amount of books and Growing up, I would watch loads of telly and loads of film and read loads of books, but I would never see anyone like me in, mm. as, as the lead character. In fact, the stories with Muslims or for me, for with Asian characters were stereotypes, they were negative and they were, at times, I was just like, where are they getting that from? That's absolutely not the world I know. So for me, it was a drive to kind of bring stories into... The mainstream that are authentic and that's where my drive came from. Um, So that in itself has been a challenge um, in many different ways. So from what I guess you're worried about what the community thinks about what you're doing. Um, My parents were just like what are you doing? (laughs) And then they trusted me and now they're just like yep off you go. Um, And then also the industry itself because when you are the only person in a hijab sits so in a room full of people at a premiere of a film or something and everyone's looking at you wondering what the hell you're doing there. Um, it can be really scary to begin yeah. with, but then you actually learn to embrace it and go, do you know what, I'm going to use it to get my stories out there.
1: That's fantastic. So, uh, so it's a very underrepresented area. That's Extremely you know,
4: it's... underrepresented and actually constantly the conversations I have are about overturning stereotypes that people have. And the stories that I'm, I'm trying to tell, often people are just like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense to me. And I often have to say, yeah, because you only know the stereotype. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to tell you what it is authentically like, and I'm going to tell you what's going to bring that community into watch that film, which you're telling about them. So I spend a lot of time overturning what people <laughs> what think people is think. true, which really isn't.
1: So you're in a very tough position because you've got people on one side, you know, community-wise, that might not understand what you're doing. And then you've got the actual field itself, which is, you know, uh, has its biases as well. So it's a very, uh, you're in a very interesting situation. You've got forces from both <laughs> sides, you know. Uh,
4: That's kind of what makes it exciting, I think. Yeah. Um, because suddenly the world is really open and you have the power to change the way people think mm-hmm. and I think that that is why story is so important to me because I think in a world that is so negative, the way that you get access into people's lives, the absolute human aspect of everything you do is about connection and connection comes from knowing that you feel in the same way mm-hmm. and to me that's what story does Oh
1: fantastic, so just picking up on what Raisa was saying there you know there's um, it's kind of barrier almost challenge in getting into the arts i'm sure i'm sure all of you agree to some extent um, be that from within the artistic industry or you know within the community I, what are your guys thoughts about this you know I, I, like why should our like why should our listeners even care about art so i'm going to just throw that out there <laughs> see what happens <laughs>
2: No, I think we're all kind of uh, on the same point of view that um, there's a lot of it missing from our community, unfortunately. Mm. I know from uh, teaching; I'm a teacher by trade, and I know about teaching children, especially Muslim uh, Muslim children or from children from the Asian community. Arts isn't something that's developed at school. It's not something that's promoted by parents. It's uh, something which, unfortunately, usually you just takes something in the form of a hobby or as a secondary thing. Uh, the sciences and all these kind of careers and stuff um, is what parents. Uh, tend to want their children to go into but unfortunately what that ha- what happens then is that all the children who are creative, I mean I've seen so many Muslim children that are so talented right when it comes to all sorts of arts whether it's drama, whether it's singing whether it's um, painting but unfortunately it's all inhibited by the parents so I think as a community we need to step up and yeah. realise that there are so many ways that our children can flourish and to limit them like that is just you know it's, it's heartbreaking to be honest because you don't see as much I mean it happens in every sphere in life uh, you know we are I was speaking to a friend recently about wh- why there aren't as many Asian footballers, and it mm. always comes down to the fact that parents just don't encourage them and uh, and Although that may change now, it's still a reflection of you know the Scottish Premier League and the English Premier League we just don't have children who are at that top level because they were never encouraged so when it comes to the arts, I think it's about time that we really stepped up um, and you know whether it's painting, whether it's fashion, whether it's drama, whether it's song. These things, you know, Muslims have been doing these for a thousand years. You know, and you go yeah. around the world um, and you see these huge, you know, beautiful mosques and calligraphy, and you see song and you see um, music, and you think this is, you know, this is Islamic culture, yeah, as it should be. Mm. Um, and so we're almost trying to get back to that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we need to. Face it ourselves as a community, I think definitely.
1: Okay, anybody else have anything to add to that? Uh,
3: I think I was quite lucky because, like, my mom was a really fashionable lady, so um, when I she kind of knew I would be like into the arts field anyway, mm. so um, she was quite happy when I was when she. She encouraged me to like do yeah. fashion, yeah. She was quite happy. And I think sometimes what happens is people get confused with culture and Islam, so they kind of like get mixed up with that, which is like um causes all this confusion and like people don't distinct what's like cultural and what's Islamic because when Islam was spreading in the past it was like more I feel it was like more open-minded than what hmm. it's becoming now. Like when all these Persian Emperors And like They were travelling to Asia And stuff They influenced the culture But like They didn't just influence them They also took the change as well Yeah So it kind of like They were open to like Dance Music Art And Yeah you see that in lots of cultures Yeah So it's kind of like It just It was just becoming like New and new And like so It kept It was like Really open to change Which was quite like I feel More modern than like Like a modern viewpoint But today like certain countries like have their own cultures and stuff so it's like that's what I think kind of It's, it's
1: almost like a balance between culture and, yeah. uh, and Islam you know I, I guess I, I've been reading up a little bit about uh, Indonesia and the, the history of Indonesia and how Islam spread to Indonesia and I was surprised to find out that Islam spread through puppet shows mm. and songs to this day you know I, we spent some time in Indonesia my wife and I and to this day they still practice those arts you know in terms of fashion in indonesia we uh, you know batik is a is is a is a different form of fashion you know their own interpretation of fashion and during <coughs> when islam came to indonesia it flourished it was actually promoted um, and i think that's you know a big thing is that we have to understand that islam is very accepting to these kind of practices uh, you know there's a lot that islam uh, allows within its, uh, re- uh, within its framework I guess uh, we get caught up on the stuff that seems like the like the other stuff you know yeah. Uh, but yeah that's.
2: Uh, that's I, th- I think you're right there because I think what i found is that a lot of uh, Muslim communities and cultures and I think that's very important is that uh, no Islamic culture should be that dominant um, as to sway the mind or or the actual way that you view religion now unfortunately there are countries and cultures in this uh, in the islamic world that take a very strict point of view and i mean that's a prerogative to do that but to then inhibit others uh, Mm. and uh, you know the thing that you said here i think it's quite interesting about islam in itself is that the prophet uh, he looked at the beautiful thing in everything Mm. um absolutely everything whether it was the way that I mean I remember a, a quick story from when they were coming back from battle and he stopped the troops and he said uh, he said, fix yourselves and your saddles and make, your, make yourselves look good for mm. when you return to your homes so it's almost like that idea that in every aspect of your life whether you're beautifying the Quran through mm-hmm. recitation, whether you're beautifying it through calligraphy Whether you yourselves are presenting yourselves well as Muslims Mm. um, and everything, it just, I mean, the arts come back again and again. Um, And even when uh, I was reading at the time of the Prophet in his mosque, they used to have two members, Mm. right? One for the Prophet to stand and to deliver khutbahs and sermons. And he actually had another member established in Masjid Nabawi, his mosque, where a person would come and do praises of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam yes. in poetry. Wow. So there were the arts, you know, being kind of, you know, beautified in the prophet's uh, company. Yes. And so yes. these are the kind of things which unfortunately we seem to have, you know, maybe not lost, we're just kind of off track and Yeah,
1: play. I guess. Yeah. Do you think there's a degree of uh, preconceptions about what art is? And you know, could you could you kind of yeah. flesh that out for us if anybody has any thoughts on that, you know, what what people assume art to be? Sophie?
0: Um, I think people maybe sometimes forget that all forms of art are a way of expressing the inward and religion is so often about what's inside and it's Mm. not just all a matter of the surface. So um, these preconceived ideas that people have, um, I think I would just say that um, there's no it's very hard to define art and we can define that for ourselves as Muslims as well um, mm. as it has been in the past and as hopefully it will continue to to inshallah so I think um,
1: that's, that, yeah. that's beautiful taking, taking some ownership
0: yeah, within, yeah. within Again, art, the arts limit
1: of course that's, that's fantastic but you know in terms of in terms of practical steps I guess a big thing uh, parents have and we kind of briefly touched on it is the issue of finance and uh, and and actually financially making your making your artistic career uh, as as Zuber said, it often becomes a hobby. You know, is that due to the the money aspect? And if so, what you know, it's a, we we actually you know in in the Glasgow community, a lot of us come from uh, economic immigrants. We are, we are we are we are children of economic immigrants, and thus the kind of financial prerogative to do something is very strong and it's inculcated quite a lot so I guess my question is for the listeners that might be might be artistic might be thinking about it but are thinking how am I actually going to pay the bills (laughs) you know uh, is there uh, uh, does money matter Uh, you know what do you guys think
4: I think you need to pay the bills Um, (laughs) but I think the fact that we are you know a lot I think coming from exactly what you're saying, you know, a family of economic immigrants, that's actually, for me, made me quite clever in that way, where I've never put myself in a position where I end up in debt for my art, but I've always found a way to compromise with employers to say, this is what I'm doing, I'm going to do an absolutely amazing job for you, however, when I have a film commitment, I will need the time off, and they've always been really you know, really supportive and being really good with that. And, you know, I worked in a part-time job that was nothing to do with the arts for 11 years from when I was a student to just a couple of years ago because I was trying to carve out a way to make money in the arts Mm. while still doing my own thing. And I think a lot of people in the arts, they are doing about 10 different things at the same time because you don't know which one's gonna take off. And Mm. part of those 10 different things could be working with community groups It could be um, teaching young people how to do what you're doing. It could be going in and working for another company, trying to learn parts of your craft. So I think what it is is that you need to be a lot more clever about how you go about it, and your love for what you're doing is going to help you do that. Um, And I think it's just about young people almost getting permission from their parents to not have to go into a nine-to-five job which is going to give them a secure pension for and a job for like 50 years. It's about their parents going, yep, I trust what you're doing, I can see that you're happy, I can see that you love what you're doing, and I trust that you're going to be able to take care of yourself. That's
1: yeah, that's, that's fantastic advice, you know. And I think yeah, it's about, you're I nodding along
2: there. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, unfortunately, I think what's happened is um, parents, especially if there are listeners out there that want to go into the arts, right, and then they feel inhibited by just their circumstances. And the fact that, um, what we said about what you mentioned about the fact that we were economic migrants mm. I think this maybe has kept us back a little bit because um, they were economic migrants That was, uh, the first the first thing in their mind was to come and make a better life for themselves yeah. um, and that's to be respected and that's to, I mean they've done amazing things when the first generation came over um, uh, for Pakistani or Muslims from the Indian subcontinent but I think the key here is that you have to have trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I think a lot of parents, unfortunately, I've dealt with parents whose children have been fantastic at art, for example, at school but they've just dropped it because their parents want them to go into medicine or dentistry or pharmacy or something like that and I'm saying to them, you know what, you're just inhibiting this kid right? who's just got a flair for so much um, but uh, although understandable, you know you need to have a bit more trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember years ago I met Peter Sanders, the photographer. Okay. Um, he's a very famous Muslim photographer. And he was saying that at first, when he started out, it was difficult financially, <laughs> right? And uh, what he used to say to his wife was to was like just uh, read Surah Waqiyah in the Quran, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Uh, they don't have money for the bills but read this surah Because the Prophet ﷺ said if you read this surah Then your financial troubles will be okay So he goes I used to leave her just reading that <laughs> And he used to go out and try and you know, make money But you know you have to not only have a love for it You have to be realistic, yes um, But trust more in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And he's the one that opens the doors for risks. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen right? Yeah. But to just create a generation of people that are so far away from the arts. It's just sad to see that, especially yeah. with the history that we have. Yeah. Um, and everywhere you look in the Muslim world, apart from maybe places like Europe and America and Britain, um, Muslims are far Quite, ahead. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they are. They're doing everything. And it's, and it's a case of not just being so inhibited. Yeah, anything.
1: I guess there's, you know, I, I was listening to a talk a while ago and they said that, you know, the, the advice was if you love something, if you have a passion for it, money will come you know you'll make money uh like money will come you know and i think that's a, a big thing apart of our faith is that we believe in risk and allah facilitates that you know it's just a matter of going out there and doing what you love but um, i think
4: a lot of that confidence comes from self-reflection yeah. and i think self-reflection comes from the arts so if yes. you inhibit it from the start how do you get the confidence to have that trust? Exactly, and oh, yes, that's, that's the question parents have got to ask themselves. If they are inhibiting their children, how are they going to trust that everything is going to work out for them?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, really good advice. We've already talked a lot about you know the different barriers and stuff like that. Let's talk about a little bit more about the positivity. You know, the kind of the benefits of art. Why art? Why the art should be engaged with uh, as Muslims? Why we should engage with the arts? And what art? Means to our, our panel here that we have in front of us. So, you know, a lot of people are probably familiar with Banksy and how he uses his art as a form of social expression, uh, trying to commit people to social change. Rumi used poetry to touch the hearts of the believers. Kawali was used to contemplate Allah. The Wali Songo used the arts to bring Islam to Indonesia, as we mentioned before. So, what does art mean to you, or what do you express through your art, guys? I'll just take that to the floor.
4: Um, well, I guess it's for me the most important thing about art is that it's self-reflection, um, and I have I have learned a lot about myself and my connection to my faith and my family and my heritage and just every part of myself through what I do, um, and I think that. One of the, the really great things about it is that it's helped me get over my fear of failure because what I have embraced is failing and I think what art does is it helps you realise that you just keep going because actually failure doesn't exist, it's just something hasn't quite turned out the way you wanted and you just mm. keep trying it in other ways. Um, so for me, I express myself and I express my thoughts and my worries. and. I hope what I also do is I open up questions for the world. So when I make a film, I want my audience to go away asking themselves questions. I want them to go and talk to their family and ask about their heritage. I want them to go out into the world. I want them to learn something new about... Mm-hmm. My religion, you know, it's yeah. it's about opening people's hearts and minds. It's me. an
1: educational experience almost as well. You can yeah. use it to educate,
4: but they know? don't know they're being educated.
1: Which is the beauty—that's yeah. be- education <laughs> right there. You know, it's subhanallah. <laughs> Anybody else have any uh, thoughts on you know what do, what what's what does the arts mean?
3: Uh, I think what art could mean is like people just become more open-minded and like sort of embracing cultures and like. Just I think it's a way to integrate more into society yeah. that kind of helps with that as well. So um, if parents encourage their like children to go into all these like um, fields like media, um, art, or like all these others, and then like then there's like Muslims could become like more visible that they do do other stuff as well, and they're not just like stereotyped into like this kind of a negative impact, which is, like, taking over, like, more and more. So, it just... It's
1: to change that that impression that people have Mm -hmm. that are built up through And I think art's one of the
3: most effective ways of doing that, because, like, there's so many, like, different artistic fields, which, like, there's not a lot of Muslims present in it.
1: Yeah. So, so you, you you, both um, went to art school, and mm-hmm. Risa, uh, have you been to any f- a formal education with regards to arts?
4: No, I studied literature at uni. In fact, I studied literature and politics, and my dad thought I was going to become a politician. <laughs> um, and I was just like, actually, I like politics, but... Mm. I felt that uh, that literature changed people more than politics did, oh, that's and beautiful. I and I actually did an apprenticeship in filmmaking, and that's how I got into film. Fantastic!
1: And what was your experience in terms of you know what were how many Muslims were involved in your in your respective degrees in the apprenticeship? Were there
0: any? Um, there were some, but not very many. Not very many. Um, okay.
1: Well. I think I had like
3: a few rich Muslim girls from Pakistan who were like just Okay, so that's, that's interesting <laughs> so interesting. Not, no one from here, like but like there were like a lot of like foreign well, I don't know that's not for like they were yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that So not like nice. British Muslims, but like most most like Muslims from like rich countries, like sort of um well from rich backgrounds like
1: Okay. But then that's another thing, another stereotype of the arts. Yeah. It's is it only for the elite? is it an
2: elite thing? No, no, not at all. I mean, if you look at if you look at Glasgow for example, you've got Charles Rennie Mackintosh, you've got a huge kind of, you know, culture of the arts in Glasgow anyway. Yeah. Uh, and in the UK. And so it's not like, you know, just because we're Muslim we have to seek out Muslim forms of art or mm. places where we can do only Muslim, you know, kind of expressions of art. No, absolutely not. I think there's so much that Children can go into and uh, interesting when you when you raise children, educate them as well. You know the whole thing is that they need to they need to play and express themselves mm-hmm. for the first. You know those kind of years are so important, um, and so giving them avenues to do that. And you know yourself, and the children that are young, that you just give them pens and paper and you know whatever, and they'll just start. You know, you know, doing all these pictures and drawings, and that this is what it should be like, instead of like plopping them in front of a screen, right, and just yeah. giving them kind of entertainment in that way. And so that's the that's the whole thing. I think that we come from a culture and a society and a city that is so rich mm-hmm. when it comes to the arts that, uh, as a community, uh, as Muslims, I mean, we have to honor our tradition by you know by going into these kind of things, uh, and there's no lack of it. I mean there's classes all over the place If you go to any of the kind of, universities, colleges and stuff like that There's always stuff that, you know, they're doing ceramics They're doing stained glass They're doing, you know, and all of this And there's no reason why Muslims can't express themselves Yeah, um, and it's, so, and it's affordable, that's the other uh, thing You course, know, there's evening
1: course. classes, they're, they're flexible as well, I'm sure you. I think yeah. with,
4: for a lot of young people as well You would be surprised at how many free opportunities there are um, and it's just about looking in the right place for them, there are so many organisations, community organisations that run classes in so many different art forms and you just need to send your kid there and you're not out of pocket at all, it's just about making the effort to help them get there
1: Fessel, you were actually mentioning something along those lines with regards to something you had done personally Yeah, I
3: taught um, sewing classes for men, like uh, a few months ago which was kind of quite good because like a lot of men are like interested in like sewing and like kind of mending their clothes and
1: stuff that, and that shouldn't they be because that's that's uh, one of the things we are taught that the prophet yeah. sallallahu alaihi wasallam practiced he mended his own clothes mm-hmm.
3: So, uh, yeah, there was, that's one of the reasons we particularly had like a men's sewing class, because oh, no, they, they were like a yeah, lot. Yeah, because it's, it's
1: yeah. almost, it's seen as this, uh, uh-huh. it's a female-only activity uh-huh. for some reason, and I think we need to re-engage with uh-huh. those kind of activities as men as well, yeah, you're definitely right. Uh-huh. In you know, it's
2: interesting. I remember uh, the Topkapi Palace in Istanbul mm-hmm. has got lots of uh, sacred artifacts from the Prophet, mm-hmm. his family, his wife's uh, clothing, and even a, a cloak of the Prophet. Uh, but what I found fascinating right, was the sword that he had. The Prophet's sword has got two serpent heads embedded with stones. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everything that you learn, and you know, because growing up as well, now, you, you do think about. A lot of uh, it goes back to that thing about culture and Islam, and there are cultures that kind of, you know, put arts aside and say, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be so, and have to be very conservative in your deen and your faith and stuff like this. But what's interesting is that, you know, that everything, everything in Islam has always been halal and something that Muslims have gone into. Yeah. I mean there are limits, of course, you know, there are limits when it comes to not doing something that is against, you know, um, Islamic principles. But there's so little that's inhibited, right? But unfortunately it's the other way around nowadays. Yeah. Everything seems to be wrong and stuff like this. And we need to get out of that. We need to get out of this culture of just telling everyone that this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. Unfortunately it happens in the arts as well. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Everything's kind of, oh song, no we can't do song. And Whereas it's like like the I think most haram <laughs> yeah.
0: you
3: want to use inside <laughs> of Brahm, everything's' <laughs> haram. You're like oh my God I you mean, mean?
2: honestly you look through uh, Islamic history and in fact Islamic culture I was reading that up until the 1920s uh, when the prophets <laughs> <Allah's> <laughs> birthday used to come along um, they used to do a huge parade which around the Kaaba right they used to do drums and stuff and they used to sing praises of the prophet <laughs> this is in Mecca right go out to where the prophet was born his house is not far from the Kaaba. Uh, and there's a building still there that marks it. They used to sit there, make dua, and then come back and do du'a of the ga'aba again. You know, this is all like, you know, this is something which uh, we've lost, unfortunately. Yeah. So trying to re-engage um, and stop saying that everything is is haram, right? <laughs> but it's not, but it's yeah. not. And uh, there are things, obviously, that are wrong, you know, when yeah, you yeah. go into uh, certain types of images and things like this. And even songs, right? I mean, a lot of kids ask me about it should we listen to pop songs and stuff? And I said to them, look, it's all about the lyrics, and if they're vulgar and they create that kind of bad yeah. um, etiquette and manner in you, then of course it's wrong, You know, so that's not what we're arguing. We're saying that the arts can be positive and they can have an Islamic message, of course they can.
1: Yeah. Sophie, you we were actually talking about that during the break as well, weren't you? It's this kind of you know, fashion and how there's almost this blurring of lines and the fact that there are these dilemmas that you have to face. Uh, what, what, yeah, what your I think there's
0: a lot of things that you have to reflect on um, Mm. I think particularly with fashion because of consumerism, materialism all these problems we have to think about it a lot, um, where are we buying our clothes and um, yeah yeah, um, artisan is
1: definitely a way to go in terms of handmade products that are looked after well yeah the
0: options are there yeah exactly Mm.
1: so uh, again a fantastic kind of way to pursue your art and still have it in line with Mm. Islamic principles as well that's, that's fantastic. I mean, the, another, another thing is in the arts, I'm sure you'll agree that the, it's, it's hard to find your niche to a degree. And do you feel that some people use this kind of use the Muslim brand to corner the market, you know, in your respective artistic domains? Because obviously you're doing calligraphy and stuff, so I guess that. This no, no. Is I mean,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I understand about the branding and stuff like this, and I think what people have realised, especially um, businesses, have realised, and that, that there's a lot of money to be made um, yeah. from the Islamic arts and from Muslim cultures and stuff like that. You get people, for example, rediscovering Mendy patterns, right? And you're thinking they're like hundreds of years old, right? <laughs> um, and then again, you know, we were saying in break as well about fashion in Pakistan, for example, and it's known for its fashion industries. You know, yes, it is being. Branded, and it's about time that Muslims stood up and uh, for themselves, and res- uh, you know, brought that whole love of these kind of things back into their own lives. And only by doing that are we going to counteract this whole. Um, and you were mentioning some some leading kind of brands that are. Now oh yeah,
1: D and G have uh, released their hijab. <laughs> well, they yeah. released a hijab collection last year. They did. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so and firstly, you were mentioning Debenhams have started. Yeah. Using a Muslim, uh, a Muslim collection.
0: Yes. To be fair, on Debenhams, I think um, Ab are designing the line, which is mm. a Muslim fashion brand. Okay. So I think that's the way that brands should try and include Muslims at least if they're going to, you know. Whereas with the Nike hijab, not that I want to pass too much judgment on that, but um, sports hijabs have been around for quite a long time. Um, yeah. It wasn't just. Nike that came up with that. So yeah, and they just
1: took a you took a tick on it, and then suddenly. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think like if everything's going to be about Muslims, then it's important that our voices are heard and that people get involved and aren't afraid to.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, I can't. I can't believe that. I couldn't imagine that being more true in in, in the media. Uh, yeah, Lisa, yeah. I
4: mean, I think that there's a lot. There's an appetite right now for um, diversity, but I think diversity needs to echo through into every part of what is happening. So if you suddenly decide to throw a Muslim character into your soap, you can't just use the stereotype that you know. You need to engage Muslim writers, um, you need to engage Muslim directors and so on and ensure that the representation is authentic. Um, And for me, that's extremely important. And I think the other side of that is also, I think, Muslims that are going into the media industry, I think it's very important that they don't end up in this safe zone where they're only working for Muslim media, in a sense. Mm. Because if they are, yes they're working in the media, but if they're only working with Muslim media, who's impacting the mainstream? Who is changing that conversation with people that don't know anything about Islam, that only have the misconceptions? So I think I think that for me in, in media there's two there's two major things. Yeah. One is being authentic, and one is ensuring that those Muslims that are engaging with the media are engaging with mainstream media.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. I think we've got the filmmaker version of Banksy on, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, with us. Yeah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, there are people that have thought about the arts. You know, you, you talk about children being really engaged in the arts, and you, you Zuber said something really interesting. He said, "Just hand them, you know, coloring pens, paper, and they'll go to town and actually <laughs> express themselves in very beautiful ways." Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually, personally, my my uh, my elder sister has uh, learning disabilities, and she um, she goes to a, a project that's available for people with disabilities uh, to work with art. It's called Project Ability, and I think, you know, my sister's very quiet. My you, brother goes there as well. So, and yeah. you know they they do, you know what I found was fascinating is that my sister is very quiet doesn't speak very much she speaks a lot to my wife she loves, she loves my wife but get in the eyes <laughs> so, but when it comes to art she creates these fascinating pieces I mean like the repetitive patterns in there yeah. it's, it's very beautiful and it gives you an insight into what, what's going on you know and I think using artist therapy is one uh, mm-hmm. is one way to use it but what I'd like, uh, for like, just for the last little bit of the of the of the show, what what are some practical tips that you guys could give about how to engage in the arts? What people can do practically to get involved in, you know, little things they can do. It could be small, like like Sabera said, just picking up that coloring pen and just going for it.
2: I think that, um, I mean, like I said before, there's so many avenues out there, um, especially they just need to be sought out. I think a lot of the times we kind of feel that we're in a culture unfortunately where we're very lazy right let's be honest right we, don't, we try not to go outside of a comfort zone but there are so many um, avenues that children have in terms of clubs and things that they can do and and even genuinely if even if you took them down to art galleries to museums and you can see you know that kind of inspiration right there's nothing like that where they can see things and they realise that there's a bigger world out there than their than their TV screen and I yeah. think that's very important is that the more you take children away from gaming and from you know, constantly setting their iPads and their phones. I mean, that's just doing nothing for yeah. the creativity. It's doing nothing for anything, to be honest. Um, and I think that's just um, parents, unfortunately... You know, parents have to have it tough, um, yeah. but that's a get-out clause. That's a, that's a way of just babysitting your children, right, let's be honest. Get Take them out, you know, show them... Um, different places um, there's so much, so much like I mentioned Charles and McIntosh all his houses and stuff like that yeah. you know there's, there's castles there's museums there's parks there's everything out there and all of this is related to that because the yeah. children need that kind of inspiration and that you know to wake up um, I remember years ago I took a school group from Manchester right, and uh, I don't know how this is relevant but I took a group of teenagers and from inner city Manchester we took them to Hull and you come over this kind of like road and you see the sea and there was just like gasps because uh, some of them had never, never been to the beach before. Their parents had never taken them out of Manchester and you just think, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as a Muslim school as well, right? So you've got all these children who have never seen and they're, what, 12, 13 years old? Right. And so the whole point is you need to get them out there, you need to show them that the world is bigger than yeah. maybe the bubble in which they live.
1: Actually, I've read a little bit about that and how creativity, a big way to you know promote creativity within your own self when you're doing a creative task is to break out a routine and actually go and experience new things so it's very in line with what you're saying so that's a very practical step just go and do something new Mm -hmm. yeah
4: yeah i mean something as simple as going for a walk that that is creative that allows you to have time to think but i think also it's about not overthinking it Mm -hmm. i think sometimes you go oh god i've got to do something artistic what should it be and you just end up thinking about what you could possibly do and you don't do it but I mean, art and creativity is in everything. It's in, it's in cooking. Let your kids cook with you. You know, do the gardening. Do, you know it, It's about feeling a sense of freedom and, and feeling um, uninhibited for a while. And I think that I think if you don't have the financial means to you know go out on day trips all the time, there are things you can do at home. Tell them a story. Make it up in your head. Don't, don't read the book. Make it up, you yeah. know. So it's, there are things you can do, just stop thinking about it and do it.
1: Fantastic, that's, that's great, could you, you know, because uh, something is, is that, you know, I think, like you said, like Zuber said, we are in a culture where uh, laziness is kind of the norm and stuff to a degree, uh, but uh, what could we do in terms of making it a little bit easier, because I know it's a, it's a way to actually help people engage, is that, can you name some of these projects that are going on, you know, if, if, you, if any spring to mind right now? I mean, uh so where did you do your your sewing workshop? Perhaps these kind of places need to become more uh, engaged with in the community. So where was it you did?
3: Uh, I did it at Weswick which is like an old Napier's old school, um, it's in the west end of Glasgow. But like, um, so they work quite a lot with ethnic minority groups, and whether they're like struggling with English or like gardening classes, and um, sewing classes, and they're all free because they're like fun. Funded by, um, they're funded for so, uh, and they're like available for like access for people, and they do all sorts of creative stuff, That's which is like trying to engage like the ethnic minority more um, with artistic and therapeutic activities. Which can, is
1: you, can you get? Uh, can you if, uh, so can you give me a, like a, a couple okay. of steps that you think uh, people could take to become more creative and to uh, actually engage with the arts?
3: I, I think like. I don't know, I think, I heard this from, like, my mum, but, like, I think, like, pen is, like, the most powerful tool, and, like, parents should encourage, like, giving their, like, children pen and, like, letting them go wild with it and just, like, see what they do, and then, uh, just, I think...
1: Yeah, you know, the pen, symbolically, Islamically, is creative power, isn't it? Yeah, it's
3: symbolic of creative, and, like, it can change people's perspectives and, like, just make them more open-minded,
1: and yeah, so this is to again become that social change that we were kind of talking mm-hmm. about.
3: So they should buy their kids pens. Go out now. And as like it cheap as cheap as a cheap. Like,
0: yeah, pens and books. Yeah, yes.
3: and then that's that's praise their work as well. So like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, a praise. That's I thing. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because I think when I was younger, I didn't like get a lot of praise. Like when I was like drawing stuff, and I used to be excited like, <laughs> showing them to like people, like my uncles, or like sort mm-hmm. of. They were like, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that's, uh, that's something very <laughs> real
3: that a parent can take on yeah. board. I've that. got like a wee niece now who's like two years old and like, whenever she does something I like always like praise her work. I'm like, oh that's so good, what is that? Like, I always like talk about it, like yeah. try and see what she's trying to do, what is it she's trying to yeah, make, taking those if I can help her in any way. So. Yeah, taking those things seriously. And then and she knows like she's, yeah...
2: No, I think think this is very important because, see, see most art, right, not to be a a critique or anything, but most art is pretty rubbish, right? I mean, if you look at it, it's just a self-expression of stuff, right? you look at some of Picasso's stuff, right, I mean, fair enough, there's a lot of people that respect and like it. But I just look at it and I think, really, I mean, you, I mean, so there are obviously everyone has their own point of view, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all um, about interpretation. And, and exactly. But when children are, are drawing and stuff like that, right? Of course, encourage them in you know, it because that mm. that kind of helps them feel and even more confident in
3: Like two days ago, I went to Sophie's house and like um, we were just like praising, like looking at her wee daughters, like all these drawings, which oh, she's, she's
0: like, so talented. And, and oh, I was like, Sophie, to yeah,
3: we were like having a whole debate. It's like, what, 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 <laughs> is what does this it mean? What, <laughs> what's it look like?
0: <laughs> but I think also not. Um, telling children too much like I think we tried to influence them too much they have this natural creativity that creativity that we almost stifle like um, I was helping out at school today actually in the art department and um, a lot of the kids were saying oh I'm rubbish art I can't do art and it's like well wh- what do you think art is like I think they have this kind of dusty idea of things which aren't necessarily you know relevant to their own lives or they don't understand maybe that it's is what it was whatever you want it to be. It's your own self-expression and reflection. That's,
1: that's and, fantastic. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Anybody else have any other practical tips that we can kind of come up together? We've only got a couple minutes left. How do you know? There's a big thing in terms of uh, psychology. There's this concept of flow and losing yourself and immersing yourself in yeah. in in a task. And I, I think creatives, artists, are like you. You find that quite often. So how can how can we encourage that? kind of state uh, that state of mind cooking is that (laughs) sometimes cooking like you said cooking can be that you know for some people it just you get lost in this kind of in this creative moment
4: you just trust yourself yeah Yeah. and I think that trust takes time to build up and it's trusting yourself is one of the hardest things that you can do Mm. and I think that's what a lot of creatives struggle with when they start out and I think it, it goes back to what I was saying about failure and I think if you are if you're starting out on your creative journey you might not find that thing that you connect with straight away. That's fine, you know. You try one thing, not for you. Try the next thing. It might be the 20th thing that you that you try before you find what it is. But don't stop trying. Don't go, oh, I'm not creative. Because every single person is in some way. They just need to find that thing that, that they really lo- connect yeah. with.
1: So yeah. I think the, the message for our listeners is go out there and do. Try and yeah, yeah, Allah yeah. Alam, you don't know what's going to come out of that small little step might lead you into this. So well, You could be the next Picasso, although Zubair <laughs> might be criticising you. But, <laughs> I think we're going end to the, end the show there. JazakAllah khair, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all for coming along and talking to us about this very important topic. Alhamdulillah, you've been listening to Sakina Society. Tune in again at 8pm to hear more discussion. Salaam alaikum.